This is it, people. This is what you've been waiting for. This is Everyday Celebrity Podcast. The podcast for everyday people with everyday problems trying to find everyday solutions to accomplish everyday goals. Let's start the show. You, 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 welcome to another episode of Everyday Celebrity Podcast, No One Podcast in Oakland, No One Podcast in the Bay Area, and we are back with another episode, and we have one of Oakland's own, straight, Nigeria's own, and Oakland's own. He is a designer, he's a hoop legend, <laughs> <laughs> he's one half, he's a brother of a... Famous DJ in Oakland. Most definitely. And he has one of the hottest clothing lines in the Bay Area. Tariq from Flavors. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate you. How was your day today? Everything was cool, man. I did a lot of uh, sightseeing today. Mm. And I happened to get a workout in right before coming here. So, you know. Okay. Thanks for having me. So, we go to... Uh, the reason why I wanted you on the show is because, I mean, obviously I know you from uh, from hooping and shit, and then I found out that you have a clothing line, which is doing numbers out here in the streets, and it's a, it's a it's a clothing line because you know how niggas have clothing lines. Well, I make shirts and shit, but you know what I'm saying it's just some shit that you just yeah like slap on a t-shirt, like a picture or something, and nobody will like. Nobody really wears it, but I mean, people wear your shit, and then when I see your shit, it's 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 something that I would pay, like you know what I'm saying, pay money to buy and wear. Appreciate so, um, where did the name Flavors, and how did you, how did this come about? Flavors. So basically, I've always been a person that's like wanting to bring community together. Mm. So that's always been my thing. Like no matter if you're black, white, Mexican, Haitian, Caribbean, whatever the case may be, I just always wanted everything to be a cohesive unit and everyone coming together. So flavors came from uh, my mind frame was more on some diversity type shit. You feel mm -hmm. me? Like we all got different flavors, you know? Is that why, is that why the logo is like different colors? That's why it's different colors. Okay. And I put the U in there so it can, you know, just put a twist on it, you know, mm -hmm. sound a little different. Flavors, you know. Oh, oh so that's how you pronounce that's, it. That's how you pronounce <laughs> it. But, you know. So here. I was saying it wrong this whole time. I mean, I, I let people say what they say. Uh -huh. Some people call me Tariq. Some people call me Tyreek. You uh -huh. know what I'm saying? It's yeah. Like, whole point is me getting my message across through my brand. Yeah. So that's mm -hmm. all that matters. I'm not too picky on that shit. When did, uh, when, when did you launch Flavors? Uh, well, I should have 2017. Mm. And initially, we started off as a party promotion company. So we were basically throwing parties and we would have reggae DJs, Afrobeat DJs, house DJs, mm. and we'll try to mesh all of those genres of music together. You mm. feel me? In one room. And that way, it's like, you know, you'll get an eclectic feel. You know what I'm saying? Mm. People from different backgrounds because everybody loves music. So that's how we started. And then, uh, yeah, we was rolling for a while until the pandemic hit. And when the pandemic hit, that's when I started fucking with the clothing. You mm. know? I'm like, damn, I got to find a way to make money from the house. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I started the e-commerce business. Yeah. Did you have a do you have a history in fashion? Not really. Um my family, mm. like my brothers, they're huge Kanye West fans. Um, yeah. I kind of take up 
I mean, take after my older brother. He has a lot of swag and, you know, I kind of watched him growing up and, and shit like that, you know? Mm. So, you know, I'm a pretty good dresser myself. So, yeah. So, uh, you say we, who, who's all in this, uh, uh company? Myself, girl named Alexandra Goldsmith, mm. um, and then a few friends from time to time when, mm. when we need to ship orders and, you know, get a lot of the merchandise out, you know, I have some friends that I, you know, they're a part of the team as well. So, so you started throwing parties. That was when you started initially, and then COVID hit, and you started making clothes. Was it hard to make that transition? The transition was hard initially because mm. my money maker was throwing parties, and um, I just had to think of another way to still be creative. Uh, I look at flavors as a lifestyle brand. Um, so there's so much to do from it. I just had to figure out what it was I wanted to do. Mm. And, uh, you know, I thought about clothing. Um, yeah. And that's kind of how it, uh, how everything pretty much got going, you know, was the pandemic. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So, so is, are you guys done with partying? I can't say we're done with partying, but for the, <laughs> but for the meantime, we're doing more pop-up events. So yeah. it's like, you know, you can come, catch a vibe, get a food plate, mm. um, get some merchandise, you know, smoke some weed, mm. like whatever the case may be, but just buy some merch too. Okay. You know, just another outlet for us to get our product out there, you know? So that's what it's about. Do you, uh, what was like a what was like something that you uh like a hill that you had to get over when you started making these clothing when when you started uh when you launched the clothing brand was it um basically something that you thought was going to be that you didn't think it was going to be this hard you know what I'm saying Well I knew it was something I know myself and I know how crazy I go for the things I'm passionate about so I knew if I wanted flavors to hit, I had to be on ground. I had to shake hands, kiss babies. Mm. I had to do all of that shit. I knew it, you know? I'm one of those people, when I'm when I'm doing an event, I print out flyers and I'll walk around and hand them out to people, converse with them, and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just try to engage with the people. So that's always been one of my, like, number one things to help me get to where I'm at today, mm. you know? Just intermingling with folks, so... Yeah. Was there was it any was there anything where you felt like damn I didn't I didn't I didn't know it was going to be I didn't know I had to do this or like I didn't know like fabric was going to cost this much or I had to get shit from here and here was there anything like that? Well, yeah, you know, you're going through like me personally, I've been through a lot of uh, different pressers, you know, people that screen print, mm. people that do embroidery because I don't do those things myself. Um, so outsourcing that initially was was tough but then once you realize that you can never have enough embroidery people and you can never have enough screen printers yeah then you'll always know how to go and get more you, you'll keep outsourcing you know trying different people mm -hmm. so even reno you know it's a little cheaper out there so you know just you know you got to know what you're doing you got to put in the work you got to bump your head before you actually you know realize what you're doing so who comes up with the designs of everything uh, I have a guy named Diego. He's one of my close friends, and uh, his name is Diego. And um, I basically gave him a vision, mm. and uh, he just he's been playing with it. You know, he's been playing with it. Or I'll throw a caption out there to him and say, uh, "This is what I want." You know what I mean? Keep this same color scheme. Mm. Um, use this palette. You know, so that's kind of how me and Diego been working for the past, say, for going on five years, I think. Are you like the? 
you know how Diddy is to Ciroc? Are you, are you like that to Flavors? Yeah, you, like you're that. like the face of the shit? Yeah, well, Flavors is me. The people that I include, Diego, mm. Alexandra Goldsmith, I just know I can't do it alone. Yeah. But Flavors was started with me in my bedroom. You know, <laughs> it mm. was thought out, you know. Um, yeah, it was all me. You know, these people that have come along are people that I've I've added on to flavors to, mm. you know, just to help me keep it going. You can't do shit yourself. You need help. So oh, yes. That is true. So let's talk about are you let's talk about your your life history real quick so they can understand the man. Um you're originally from Oakland? Originally born and raised. Families from Nigeria? Families from Nigeria. Were any of your siblings born in Nigeria? Nope. None of my siblings. We were all born right here in Oakland. First generation. You know? so. Well, so a lot of people don't understand when you try to explain. Well, I get a lot of questions because my dad, right, mm-hmm. is from Africa. And that made me the type of person. I have the type of personality of a person who was raised by an African man. And a lot of people don't understand that. You do. You have a discipline. (laughs) (laughs) So I want you to explain how is it like growing up for you with uh, African parents? African parents, man, that was the toughest shit ever. You know, Um, how can I explain it? Just high expectations, Mm -hmm. high expectations. They want you to be at the top of your class, you know, the two percentile. Like they're really pushing for that. And if you come home with anything less than shit, that ass could get whooped. You feel me? Like yep. they're going to go with you and talk to your teacher to find out what needs to be done. And you better get it done. You better, like, regardless. Are you getting that ass whooped? So that's how I grew up. Um, I wouldn't call it abuse, but I would call it, uh, there were actions, there were consequences for my actions. I'll say that. <laughs> what type of student were you? See, I was a popular student. Mm-hmm. So I was like popular first and then a student second. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I got a lot of that shit. A lot of consequences. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Were you acting up in school? Yeah, I was acting up because, but I didn't know I was acting up until I got older. I realized I was uncomfortable mm. being Nigerian. I was uncomfortable with that shit when I was in elementary school, you know, because a lot of people would laugh at us and, you know, look at my parents with the Akbara on and be like, eh, you know, shit like that. So mm. as a kid, you're looking at them like, damn, are we doing something wrong? Like, mm. what's the problem? You know what I'm saying? Like, so your parents used to come to the school with the, with the African clothes. Yes, on. they would come. That's how they would drop us off, you know, uh-huh. and they were very serious about everything. So did you, you know, get in a, lo- uh, a lot of fights? I got in a few fights, but I was a pretty tough kid, you know? Mm. Like, I didn't, I don't think I, no, I don't think I really lost. It wasn't really <laughs> like that for me. Yeah, I was a tough kid, you know? Yeah. Was, so, uh, what uh, high school did you go to? I went to Skyline High School. Skyline? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, went to Skyline. What year did you graduate? I graduated in 04. 04. I played for a coach named John Bean, football coach. Oh, you played football? Yeah, I played football and basketball. I was okay. a two sport athlete. Were you good? Yeah, I was pretty good, man. I only played one year in high school for uh, football. Mm-hmm. I had six touchdowns my senior year. Um, you know, doing my thing. Was Skyline a tough school? Skyline was tough. I mean, just being Nigerian, 
Mm. American was tough, you know, in Oakland, mm. you know, um, people would say I talk too proper and I used to try to like switch it up. You feel me? And like talk with Ebonics and you remember like yeah. doing shit like that to try to fit in as a kid. Cause mm. You know, it was kind of frowned upon being proper, you know, having an etiquette, and, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was different. It's funny how, like, when you're a kid, being smart is not cool. Yeah. But then it was like when you see the nerds in school, these niggas getting straight A's and they're like, science, they're into science and shit. And you're like, oh, nigga, you ain't cool. And they're not mm-hmm. popular. But as soon as that kid goes to college, he becomes popular. I know. Like, all them nerds got all the, all the bitches. I know. I wonder if the, how come the women don't see that early? Well, the girls, how come they don't see that early? You know, it's, it's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, girls, this they they want the. Yeah, I mean, everyone's priorities change. You know what I'm saying as they get older. Okay, so yeah, that's that's all I can say about that. So when did uh, after you graduated? What what did your journey take you? After high school, I went to Laney College. Mm-hmm. I followed my high school coach who got a. a assistant head coach job at Laney. For football? Yeah, for football. Okay. So I put basketball to the side. Basketball was one of those things. I just, I loved it so much, but it it didn't treat me well. So Mm -hmm. I had to go where the love was. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You feel me? And that was the football field. So went to Laney College, uh, played for John Bean for two years. Mm -hmm. Um, Second year, I was first team, all conference. And then uh, from there, I went to University of Idaho. I walked on there. Oh, damn. Yeah, I walked on. I actually had a scholarship to San Jose State and BYU. Full scholarship? Full scholarship. Why'd you go to there? Still chose Idaho. Dennis Erickson. He was the coach for uh, the 49ers. Uh-huh. And he sparked my interest because he was an NFL coach, uh, you know, a past NFL coach. He coached Chad Ochocinco and uh, TJ Husmanzada. Did Idaho offer you a full scholarship? They offered me a scholarship when I got there. Okay. You know, I had other issues. I had other shit going on. So, mm. you know, the football shit never it never panned out. I'll just say that. You know? So, when you got to Idaho, was it a, was it a culture shock? Come from the <laughs> super. It was stupid. <laughs> I didn't understand it. It was cold. It was negative. Everything out there. You mm-hmm. know, it was just. It was just man. I don't even know how I went there. Like, <laughs> do you feel? Do you feel the reason? And well, I don't. What, what's the reason it didn't uh, work out? Um, I think I always put it on myself. It's discipline. Mm. You know, you got to have discipline. You got to know how to fight through tough times. Mm. And uh, I just had a hard time being in a new environment yeah. and being in the cold and being around all. Yeah. All of them. You I can know, say like, that shit all white. Yeah. All white players. people. Yeah. yeah. I just, yeah, man. It was just like, damn. Any racist shit going? Uh, Like a white boy slip and say nigger when he's singing a song nah, in front of you? No, nah, not, not really. I mean, not really. You know. I had to deal with a few just for, you know, just for body language. <laughs> but, you know, for the most part, it was cool, man. Everyone loved me out there, man. Uh, we was in Moscow, Idaho. We only had 37 police officers in the whole town. Moscow, Idaho. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they ain't nowhere near Columbus? No, nah, it ain't nowhere. No. <laughs> <laughs> but so it was you, good times, man. It was good times, man. So, you know, uh, Oakland athletes, I don't know if you heard this, but I've heard it many times. Oakland athletes, uh, people are reluctant, like coaches in schools and shit. They're reluctant to offer. I mean, you got a scholarship, but they're kind of reluctant to offer scholarships and shit to Oakland athletes because Oakland athletes have a reputation of 
one being uncoachable, not taking shit seriously. Like, because I know a few years ago, there was this one kid, uh, he was like a star basketball player for, um, I think DeAnza or some shit. Mm-hmm. Tall ass nigga, like six, 16 or 17 with dreads. I used to hoop with him at the 24 at High Street. Mm-hmm. You probably know this nigga, but I, I just don't know his name. Um, but he was like the star player. And then he had all these like scholarships and shit, all these schools looking at him, but he was like doing some street shit. How tall was he? He was probably like six, six foot something, six four, six six, something like that. What's his name? Something Simpson? Or you don't remember? I, honestly, I don't know. He had dreads, like little short dreads, big, light skin, tall, muscular. Interesting. Used to play ball, used to dunk and shit all the time. Hmm. But, but I've heard like a lot of, uh, coaches feel that way about Oakland athletes. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard that before? Yeah, man. My first experience when I got to Idaho, uh-huh. um, I put 225, you know, on the on the squat machine. Mm. For y'all that don't know, 225 is, you know, 245 plates on each side. And the mm. bar is 45 as well. And uh, I got up under the rack and I was ready to do my squats. And he was like, you got to put clamps on the bars. This ain't, this ain't Oakland. I'm like, what you That's mean? what the coach said? Yeah, but he doesn't know coming from Oakland, we didn't have clamps to put on the uh on the weights. We mm. just had to balance that shit out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And make sure it didn't fall. So, mm. you know, we come from two different backgrounds. And I just, you know, <laughs> I took that as a jab, but also I took it as he just didn't know no better. You feel me? Mm. He comes from privilege. You yeah. Know? We come from nothing. So And he yeah, and he probably didn't know that you you guys didn't have clamps. Exactly. He was just talking shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Okay. You know, that's about it though. You that's know. about it? Yeah, that's about it. Was um college life was the experience. I know you were uh you had a cultural shock, but do you think you made a good decision going to uh university? No, I do not. I don't think I think I should have just honestly like I'm not a person that regrets things, so it's easy for me to talk about my shit, but mm. I feel like I should have just went to San Jose State and just stay right here at home. Mm-hmm. You know, but I also didn't want to stay at San Jose State because I'm a party animal and I didn't want to get caught up with friends and school. So I tried to get away mm-hmm. and make a smart decision for myself, but that didn't work out either. You feel me? So mm-hmm. <laughs> did you finish? No, I didn't finish. What year did you leave? I left in uh, 2006. I'm saying, what did you leave like freshman year or sophomore? No, so I transferred from I mean from a uh, Laney College. Okay, Laney College is a you know yeah, it's a uh, what do they call it? It's a it's a junior college. Yeah, yeah junior. It's college, a junior yeah. college. Yeah. So I did two years there. Mm-hmm. I got my AA in liberal arts, and mm-hmm. then I transferred to University of Idaho, where I completed a year, and then I uh yeah, it just got ugly for me. So. Left there. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. What was the final straw to where you're like, fuck it, I got to get out of here? What uh, happened? See, it's deep, though. It's like it's more so like stuff that happened off the field than on the field. You know, nigga get deep then. I mean, it's just being in Oakland. You know what I'm saying? So uh-huh. I came home from break, you know, summer break, got in some trouble. And then that trouble led to me getting kicked off the team. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I'm not going into details about the trouble, but, okay. you know, I got in some trouble mm-hmm. and that trouble just led to, you know, me getting kicked off the team and they wanted me to come and finish the school. And I was like, 
I'm cool. So you got kicked off the team, but they still allowed you to stay in school? Yes. Okay. And that's when I decided just to come back home. And did you have to, did you lose a scholarship? Yes. Okay. But so you, you, you could have stayed in school, but you still had to, but you would have had to pay. Yes. Okay. So, right. yeah, just, it got, you know, things, things turned at that point. If you, if they would have allowed you to not, to keep your scholarship, but just not be on the team, would you have stayed? Not at that time. Today, mm. yes, but not back then. Mm. Like, I was really, like, young. Like, I really, it took me a while to get to the stage where I'm at now, you know? Yeah. Back then, I was irrational. It, had, it was either my way or the highway. Mm -hmm. So, I just, you feel me? I was pretty stupid, you know? Mm. Even though I came from a good background, a good family dynamic, I was still stupid. I was one of those kids that had to make the mistake myself and then learn from it. I couldn't watch another person make the mistake and learn. Mm -hmm. I had to do it myself, so... You know. So you talked about your parents uh, having high standards for you when you came home after that. Um, were they disappointed? Very. Curfew. Did, did, did you feel like? Did you feel bad because you were like, "Oh, I let him down," or were you like, "Fuck it." I felt bad, but I also was like, "Fuck it." It's not. It's not the end for me. Mm -hmm. It's not the end. You know, I'm mm -hmm. gonna make something of myself. Just give me some time. Mm -hmm. I'm taking a different route than. Your typical Nigerian, you know, your typical yeah. Nigerian goes to college, does four years, gets his degree. After that, gets his masters. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> you know they want you to have masters, so gets his masters, goes and get a, a nice nine to five job. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm I'm cut a little rough around the edges, mm -hmm. so it's just it's different for me. You didn't think about uh, you didn't you didn't want to go uh, like to a school out here when you came back and finished. Nah, I didn't even I didn't even want to, to be honest. And yeah. you know, playing sports, you you sometimes you so you don't know what to do without playing a sport. You just you get stuck. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. I think it's like a depression, but you don't even know you're depressed. Yeah. You just spending a whole lot of time not doing nothing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like trying to fuck a chick or trying to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Trying to do shit when your priorities are not even in order. So I mean, yeah, because I mean, the whole purpose of going to, for athletes is to play that sport. Mm -hmm. You ain't going there to go to math class and shit like that. Mm -hmm. So I don't even know why they be making athletes <laughs> go to <laughs> go to classes. Honestly, like I can understand you wouldn't make a motherfucking a nigga who's like studying uh, who wants to major in like biology or something, right? Mm -hmm. You wouldn't make him worry about going to like PE class yeah. or something. Like, no, nah, he needs to focus on boom, boom, boom. He's here to study biology, so he needs to focus on the classes and the courses yeah. for biology. I'm here to play football, nigga, so I'm just, I just need to focus on football. Exactly. And that's how, like, fickle my mind was, though, at the mm. time. It was just, like, so narrow, just small. Mm. Like, it's just, it was different, man. It was, <laughs> yeah. It was different. One of my favorite movies is uh, Higher Learning. You ever seen that movie? Yeah. Was your college like that? No, <laughs> college wasn't really like that for me. You know, being in a in an all white school it was different. Yeah, like, it was no social life. It wasn't. It wasn't no turn up. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Because mm -hmm. everything that was going on with the with the white people, they was just keeping it between themselves. You feel me? So it was just me and another guy from Oakland, and so we just stuck with each other. Our life was pretty boring out there. Did you have a good white friend out there, like a homeboy that was white? <laughs> 
Do you remember this nigga name? <laughs> no. No? Not no. one? No. Damn. They wasn't cool like that. You feel me? Like That's crazy. There they, wasn't no white boy who was walking around trying to act like he was I mean, black? I understand. Everywhere I go, the majority of people are going to fuck with me. You yeah. know? But when you talk about, is there a white boy that really like fucked with you? No. They were cordial. They kept it cool. Mm. I haven't talked to any of those guys <laughs> since I left there. You mm. know what I'm saying? So... The love wasn't that real, mm-hmm. so <laughs> I done beat up a few people <laughs> for my for my uh, my roommate in the dorms. You feel me? Yeah. Like I had to do stuff like that just to you know mm. keep the peace around my you know where I laid my head at. But other than that, nah, man. I uh-uh. so when you uh, when you came back to to Oakland, what happened? Came back to Oakland. Um, it's kind of hard for me to look back that far because. Like where I'm headed now is kind of like I don't know. Like I think I kind of like I mean, well, I got amnesia or something. I don't know, but mm. I'm gonna go back. When I came, when I got back home, I was still working out. You know, friends would come home from college. I would still work out with them. You mm. know, um, probably worked four or five different jobs: mm. Costco, Safeway. Mm. I worked as a uh, one time. I went to get a job as a desk clerk and when i got there they said they didn't need a desk clerk they needed a janitor so but was, they were advertising for the desk clerk yeah so when i got there <laughs> i realized <laughs> but i really needed the money though yeah so this was at the heartland hotel in san francisco so it was a three-floor hotel or six-floor hotel and i turned into a janitor you know and uh, it was probably the craziest job I ever had to experience. Needles yeah. in a garbage can, all type of shit like that, you know? Yeah, and you a janitor. You got the keys to all the rooms and shit. Yeah. But, you know, everybody that was in there was low income, you know? Oh, it was one of them hotels. Yeah, it was one of those. It was one uh, of those. So, okay. yeah, it, was, it was crucial, man. It was it was a hell of an experience, though. I'll mm-hmm. say that. That's how you know when you get low, you got <laughs> you to gotta do what it takes when you get low. Oh, yeah. And I've always been that kind of person. I mean, a man... When, uh, I don't judge. I don't judge a, a man. You can't tell me you're not a man unless you go through some shit in life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Go through a struggle, some type of struggle where you're down and out, and then you come out of it. Mm-hmm. That's that's what makes you a man. You can't be a man saying, "Oh, you've been privileged all your life." You know what I'm saying? Everything was given to you. That's not a man in my eyes. Yeah, adversity. Mm. So during this time, do you feel like you were finding yourself basically? Like, yeah. well, what 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 am I here? What's my purpose in life? Well, you know, my cousin, you know, being the you know big DJ he is um, out of Oakland, mm. he wasn't even DJing at the time. He was just throwing parties. Shout out my cousin Daga. He was just throwing parties, and I kind of just you know hung around him. And turn into this super party animal, mm. <laughs> you know. And then me and me and my cousin ended up throwing a party at Kimball's. I don't know if y'all remember Kimball's in uh, Jack London. We threw a New Year's party on Kimball's, mm. and we made dough. We made I can't even tell you how much we made, but we made dough. And after that night, I realized party promoting is something I want to do. You what know? year was this? Man, shh, the years, the timeline—I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is what are we in 2022? Uh, this had to be 2008. I was 26. This had to be 2000 and uh, this had to be 2000 and like 2008. 
eight or something. Okay. Know, say like a 2008. Mm. We did a New Year's party at Kimball's that went crazy. Mm. That's what I knew. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah. So. And then after that, you you do another party like a couple months later or something? You know me, I kind of do parties in, 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 in spurts. It's not like a consistency in it. Um, so, yeah, I can't even say that. I think I was just living life, throwing barbecues, mm. throwing parties at the lake, you know, just different events like that to keep the people together. Yeah. Yeah. And just going to everyone else parties, you know? Mm. So. And then, you know, one thing about me, I always pop up to people's events. That's just one thing I do. I mm. always show face, mm. you know, because I know it makes a person feel good. Like if you come to my event, mm-hmm. I'm going to smile because I've never seen you there. You feel me? So if I see you, it's going to make me smile. Like, okay, I was able to get you in the building. I appreciate you for coming. Yeah. So I know how to empathize with others. And I like to, you know, show them that love, you know, it's free. So do you think that's missing from the black community like black creators hell yeah like because uh, let me elaborate on that so when i see when i see uh, a lot of podcasts right a lot of white podcasts and like white creators who are getting millions and millions of views right because all these famous black people keep going on they shit you know what i'm saying that's what's making them popular like rick ross going on uh like I don't know if you know Adam Twenty Two or something. Yeah, like Adam Twenty Two, and then Adam Twenty Two gets like three million views for that interview, and then he becomes popular. And all these black celebrities and creators and shit, they keep yelling all this. Oh, we need to support black creators and blah blah blah. Yet, why don't Rick Ross? Why don't and just I'm just saying Rick Ross in general. But why don't Rick Ross, why don't you go on a, a black person's podcast who is not, you know what I'm saying, not up there yet. But if you go on his podcast, he's going to become famous. Just like uh, the, these white podcasts like the Nelk Boys and fucking all these other shits. They're popular because you niggas keep going on they shit and making them getting all these millions of views. Why don't y'all take y'all power and go on these like low level creators and shit. I think as, you know, as black men, as black people in a whole, we just don't, we don't trust each other. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We don't, we don't trust each other, but we trust other races that we don't know anything about. Have you peeped that? Oh, we don't know shit about other races. We Mm. don't know about their drama and and the stuff that they go through, but they all know about our shit. Mm -hmm. We broadcast everything. You know what I'm saying? And we've made it to where the whole world is, you know, they're zeroed in on us. They know every single thing we do. They know how to get a rise out of us if we're frustrated. You know what I'm saying? It's just we I don't know why we do that to ourselves. Um, That's why I just try to spread love like the real love. I try Mm. to hug people. I know motherfuckers be thinking that shit be like sometimes people. I know they think it's fake, but it's like you got to show love intentionally, though. You know what mm. I'm saying? You got to because that's if that's what you want out of the world, yeah. that's what you have to give. Mm. So do you think uh, creators in Oakland uh, support each other? No, because it's it's small, you know, it's it's real small here. And, and, and we feel like it's not enough room, mm. even though it is enough room. Everyone is really in their own lane. Our creative juices are different. Yeah. As similar as we may think it is, it's it's different, you know? 
So I think we got to do like the, you know, the Asians, the other races. We have to support. I see them supporting each other. You know, even if we have an argument or something, that doesn't mean we should fall out as as friends or creators. Let's yeah. keep it going. This is life. Mm. You know, but it takes one little thing for a motherfucker to not want to fuck with you or not want to do business with you or you know what I'm saying? It's just mm. it's 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 too easy these days. Do you think that's why it's so hard to make it out of Oakland or the Bay Area? Because you you you'll have like a lot of rappers, creators or whatever who are popping in the Bay Area. But you go to fucking Arizona or Texas or something, their shit don't get played on the radio. But they get spins all over the Bay Area and shit. Yeah, we just have a different. Um, how can I explain it? It's just, it's just tougher here, man. We just got to come together. Like even the radio plays, we need more of that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, shout out to all the dope artists right now. That's not even, I'm not even going to say specifically Oakland, but just from the Bay Area, La Russell, uh, Larry June, I Am Sue, you know, P-Lo, like all of those guys. Those are my guys. Uh, mm. Yeah, Chanel McCoy, too. I Am Sue, come on, uh, come on the show, nigga. I Am Sue will come. I was tapping in with brother. <laughs> I was just talking to him yesterday. Uh. Yeah, that's brother, though. That, he's put me in a lot of great situations, though. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Mm-hmm. He's done things for me that. I met Sue probably like 10, 15 years ago, but he's done shit for me that, you feel me? My closest people haven't done. That doesn't mean that, you know what I'm saying? He's yeah. better. He's a better person than them. I'm just putting it out there that he throws a lot of alley-oops. I mean, I got friends that are closer than actual blood, so I, I understand what you're saying. Okay, yeah. yeah. You just got to dunk that shit, though. When you throw the oop, you got to dunk that shit. Oh, yeah. When people put something in your face, you got to take advantage of it. A lot of, a lot of niggas fumble the bag. I know. You know what I'm saying? I know. You don't get a second chance at the back. Not always. Nope. <laughs> Not always. So where do you want? Where do you see your? Uh, where do you want your brand going? Man, my brand. I want it to go to the moon. So like, I'm basically. I'm not gonna say I'm tired of printing T-shirts and hats, and I'm not gonna say that. But I'm. I'm moving in a different direction. Mm-hmm. I'm more into the fabrics now. So I'll be going to Nigeria. August, early August, mm-hmm. just to go out there, you know, touch some fabrics, you know, and see what I could do with it, you know, bring some stuff back and, you know, try to do more custom, more custom attire, yeah. like like what's your measurements attire, mm-hmm. that type of shit, so everything could fit. I want people to look neat, you know what I'm saying? You so, been to Nigeria before? Yeah, I've been three times. Okay. I went two, two times last year, yeah. <laughs> Do you get the feeling, uh, do you think it's true when they say, like, Africans don't like black Americans? Nah, I don't think it's true. I just think Africans uh, are confused about what the white people uh, put out there, though. You know what I'm saying? So, Mm -hmm. it's really that. So, when they're coming to America, they're being told, like, Stay away from these kind of people. Stay away from these kind of people. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Watch these people. They're known to do this. Mm. So shit. Think about it. An immigrant, a foreigner coming to another country, they're gonna listen to the to to the hierarchy. Mm. The hierarchy is the white people. So when they get that information, they do the best they can to stay away from it instead of wanting to, you know, dig for more knowledge. They're like, hold on, I just want to be safe. Yeah. You know, I just want to be safe. So I don't think it's that. You know, I think and another thing, I don't think Africans really understand slavery. I don't think not everybody 
everyone dealt with it differently. You know what I'm saying? So, mm. you know, if you tell them to break down, you know, slavery and, you know, when it started, <laughs> I don't know. If my, you talking about the Africans or African-Americans? African, no, Africans don't understand African-Americans and, uh, and the slavery that okay. they went through. You know what I'm saying? Mm. They don't really understand that. They mm-hmm. can't They can't grasp it. It's never been broken down for them. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, Because slavery over there. People think that that slavery just happened when the Europeans and the Spaniards came. Yeah, no niggas were and the Africans were enslaving each other. Exactly. But the only difference is good. it wasn't about uh, <laughs> it wasn't about skin color. It was yeah. just it was more of a class issue. Yeah, like tribes. Yeah, and then the when the Americans made it into like oh skin color, oh, you're black, you a slave. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it was a different form. No. Still slavery. Yeah. But just so, different uh definition of it. You know, like uh it's crazy though. I don't wanna go too crazy about this, but you remember when Kanye West was like slavery is a choice? Mm-hmm. I thought that that was super ignorant, right? But how can I say that I thought that, that was super ignorant, but I still understood where he was coming from. Explain. He basically is just saying it wasn't a choice, but he's basically saying that we have to come together as people. And we have to take control of our lives, whether we have the ammunition, whether we have the powers, we have to believe in one another and come together. Mm-hmm. And so many of us, some got to sacrifice, you know what I'm saying, for others to get to the top. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like what, you know, like after Malcolm X and, and Martin Luther King and all those guys died, you know, the world gradually became a better place for for what they were pushing for. You know what I'm saying? So mm. I think it's about sacrificing. I think that's, he just talks a little crazy, but I think that's kind of what he meant, you know? So you're a real big Kanye West fan? I'm not a, I'm not a fan at all, mm. to, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm not a fan at all. You yeah. know, I would never tell my daughter to aspire to, you know what I'm saying? I don't I don't rock with it like that, but mm. he he's he's dope. You know he's a dope talent, but yeah, I don't overlook the bullshit just because he's a dope talent. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm like nah, they gotta coincide. They gotta. Mm-mm. Who was who was uh, a figure, a public figure that uh, inspired you? Growing up or right now or no oh, either or right growing up and then right now. Uh, growing up, I would just say Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like yeah, who yeah, didn't want to be like Mike? Preach it to the choir, nigga. Yeah, I'm not even gonna play with it. Michael Jordan. I still fuck with Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, come on the podcast, nigga. For real. Pull up. Man. <laughs> Pull up, man. Bring that uh that tequila you got, that new tequila. Oh, that I shit like expensive. That shit. You had it? I like yeah, I like it. And I, I like heard that shit's like two hundred dollars a shot. Uh, okay. I just my boy in Austin, Texas, let me hit it. I didn't know it cost that much, but it came in a pretty fancy bottle. Yeah, it was voted the best tequila. It just won an award for the best good, tequila. Too. Yeah, That's why that nigga eyes are so red all the time all the in his time. interviews, in all of his interviews. All the time. That's hella funny. Yeah. But um, yeah, man. That's Michael Jordan. Um, you know. Now, why I I like Michael Jordan for a whole shit ton of reasons. Mm-hmm. Why did you like Michael Jordan? Was it just the bat? I like him more than just the basketball. Yeah, I think it was just the combination of how he played and his shoes. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It was a combination. So it was nothing about... uh, So let me tell you why I like more. I like Michael Jordan basketball, obviously. He was... And and the way he dressed, he was was stylish as fuck back in the day. I don't know what happened now, but back in the day, he he had good style. He was a unique dude. He used to wear one loop earring in his Mm -hmm. left ear. Businessman. 
fucking uh, champion carried himself in a respect respectful way, demanded respect from everyone. Mm-hmm. Fucking, uh, it wasn't a choice; it was by force with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't even see the world. There's not even people in the world that can move like that today. Exactly the yeah. way he talks, like like he says something, he, like you listen, he's like like a Martin Luther King type voice. Yeah, yeah. even though he wasn't. Talking about shit. He was just yeah. talking about basketball, For but sure. when he talks, nigga, you listen. All right, so what was, uh, was, what's a person now? I mean, now, you know, now I would have to say, like, talking sports, I have to say, like, Damian Lillard. Boy, I'm not, I'm not talking about sports. Just in, in general. I'm just talking about person. someone that inspires you, like, there's Malcolm X or Bishop mm-hmm. T.D. Jakes, something like people no, like that. I mean, I would. I would say my father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my father. Rest in peace to him. Uh, just a different guy. He's a community man. Brought a lot of people to America. A lot of Nigerians. And, um, you know, he was a, uh, what is it called? A pan-Africanist. So, like, he basically. He was, he was he was the Umar Johnson. Yeah. He can go to any tribe. He was cool with everyone. He, he You feel me? Mm-hmm. He wasn't just from one turf. He was from every turf, you know what I'm saying, and mm-hmm. um, that was him. That's that's part of flavors, you know, bringing every everybody together. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say my father, like he broke down a lot of barriers. Um, he kind of he just changed the game, especially out here in the Bay Area. When it comes down to you feel me, who brought people out here and put them in school? I'm gonna give a shout out to my to my father for doing that. Yeah, he was a big dog. So rest in peace. Did you ever go to Africa with him? No. 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 That's a touchy one, but no. Mm. Yeah, I went there to, you know, when it was time for him to go, I went back. So, mm-hmm. you know, we had to make that happen for him. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So you said flavors you want uh, in the future, you want, you're focusing on fabric. But when I asked that question, I'm talking about, do you want, you want to just focus on clothing with the with the brand, or do you want to like branch out to like do other shit? Well, so right now we have uh, something called Flavors at Night, mm-hmm. where we you know live band. We have musicians come perform. Mm-hmm. Um, these musicians are usually in Flavors attire, uh, so it's another way to market the brand. Um, yeah, yeah, we do pop ups. Um, we do various things to, you know, to try to push the brand. Um, to say I, I know where it's gonna go from here, I don't. But I think with my push and, uh, you know, the outlook I have for flavors, I think that you know, sky, sky's the limit. To be honest, mm. you know, um, sky's the limit, man. Like I said, I want to, I want people to look neat. So <laughs> I'm going back home to grab some fabrics. <laughs> you know, what's your measurements? You know, you should make one of them flavors. You know, them little Nigerian hats. Yeah, shit look like a little cone, but it's not. Yeah, you should make a little flavor version of that. That'd be tight. That would be tight. tight. Yeah. So you know, things are getting expensive. uh, You know, a lot of inflation right now. So we'll see, man. We'll see, man. I'm excited to go home. I'm excited to keep the brand going. Um, and I'm just excited to you know keep bringing people together. You know, I think uh one thing that's very important to me is just try to keep expanding the diversity um 
because even in our community, when I say our community, the black community, African American mm. community, you know, we tend to just stick, you know, with ourselves, you know, and we don't step outside of our comfort zone. It's not for everyone. This is just there's some people that are like that, you know, and uh, I just think it's more opportunities for us all if we reach for the unknown, what we don't know, getting, you know, getting to know unfamiliar faces. Um, there's beauty in that. You know, the world is big. So, mm. yeah, I just feel like, you know, I think we're, you know, I think we're cool, but I think we could do a lot better. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot better. You know, we have to be there for each other. We have to fight for each other. Like we all need each other to get to the next step. You feel me? Or we, we just going to be in the same place forever. So, I just think that's something that I wanted to put out there, you know. Do you think the future scares you because maybe that's not going to happen? Um, it can happen. That's the thing. It can it can really happen, but I think we have to just do more. We just have to we have to seek for more information. We have to, you know what I'm saying? We got to do more. We we got to. <laughs> You got to go to school. I know a lot of us don't believe in school. We 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 got to get some form of education. Mm. You know, when my father came to America, when he brought people to America, he was like, "We're not rich, but if we got the knowledge, we could become rich." But we have to attain the knowledge first. You know, it's the only way. Yeah, there's other families back home that are bigger than us. You know, more wealthier than us. But if we get the knowledge. 20 years from now, that's what, you know what I'm saying? Mm. That's what we doing now. That's what my family, the five kids my parents raised. Mm. That's what we doing now. Everything my dad said. Now we, we got, we retained the knowledge. Now we, we taking steps up the ladder, you know? Mm. So that's what's going on now. You know, this shit is for the, the future. Everything we doing now, I'll speak for myself. Everything I'm doing now is for the future. The game I got for flavors and, you know, how to make, how to make money, how to, you know, please customers. I'm passing that down to my nephews. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, I'm doing that. Nephews and nieces. So, and this is just one avenue. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You can still go to school and be a designer. You can still go to school, have a brand. Oh, yeah. Learn you know, business. Learn man. That's, that's important. Exactly. So you need, a, you need a nigga on the team that knows business. Most definitely. You know? So, yeah, that's just what it is. I'm here for the for the future. I'm trying to help the future. I'm trying to change those lives and, you know, uplift them to become better humans. The old heads, we stuck already. We we already know who we are, who we want to be. We don't want to listen. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole bunch of niggas who want to listen. No, I'm saying uh, old heads who didn't find themselves until they turned like Picasso. I think Picasso didn't start paying until he was 40, nigga. Okay. There's a, there's some other there's some other uh people that didn't start doing shit until they uh like Jeff Bezos didn't create Amazon until he was like 39 or some shit. Okay, might be wrong, but the nigga was old. I know that. No, you're right. You know, now we have more millionaires than we've ever had in the world. You just gotta be willing to work. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't I mean education has no age limit? That's all. Exactly. I'm back in school right now. Shit. <laughs> so, it's a real thing. All right, so tell the people if you want to where they can find flavors, where they can purchase, uh, whatever you got going on, and then like if you want to shout out your socials, where they can reach you. 
Okay, well, you can go to flavorsmerch.com, F-L-A-V-O-U-R-S, merch, M-E-R-C-H.com, if you want to go cop some of my my shit I got online. Uh, my Instagram is my name, Tariki Caro, T-A-R-I-Q-I-K-H-A-R-O. Um, I have a, a community page where we feed the homeless once a month. It's called Feed Oakland. So you can go to my Instagram at Feed Oakland, F-E-E-D-O-A-K-L-A-N-D. Um, I have a hike group on Saturdays. Uh, looking for a new location right now, but the Instagram is Take a Walk With Me. So T-A-K-E-A-W-A-L-K-W-I-T-H-M-E. So we doing shit out here. We, we trying to push positivity and love. You know, it doesn't cost anything to show love, you know, so let's spread that shit. Well, everybody, yes, go follow him, uh, support him. You know what I'm saying? Buy some merch because it's definitely worth the money and it's, and it's, uh, it looks different. It ain't no shit that just nigga just take a picture and slap on a t-shirt. Hello. You know what I mean? And a lot of people don't understand how hard it is to have a brand and to be self-funded. That's 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 the that's the hardest thing. I ain't even got no loans yet, bro. I ain't even got no loans or nothing, bro. (laughs) And I have an established LLC, like, bro. This shit you preaching to the choir, man. Shit's been tough. I'm like, who can somebody help me with funding? Like, I will pay you back with interest. Yeah. Shit. I mean, somebody will help you. I mean, when see, my thing is, I don't get help either. Everything is out of my pocket. But my thing is, you don't know who's watching. You know what I mean? Got you. Like this podcast, when it goes out, you don't know my who who's going to listen to it. And then some someone in London might hear it and be like, "Let me check this nigga shit out." That's real. And then next thing you know, boom, he hits you up. That's real. So and, and then and he see because people want to see what you can do, what you did without them. Hmm. And then they'll know like, oh yeah, okay, he's a hard worker because he did all this shit without being uh without funding. He did all this shit. By uh, by itself. So now when I come, it's just gonna I'm just gonna take it to a whole another level. I agree. But he's gonna he's gonna by him looking at your track record and being like, oh damn, this nigga doing all this, doing all that with with no help. That's a nigga I want to work with because I know that he's a fucking he's a worker and he and it, and to be self funded. That I mean, I, I that tells me. you that tells people that uh, you really care about the shit. I love me some me. I'm gonna tell you that much. I love <laughs> a cocky ass nigga. <laughs> nah, it's not nah. But you do gotta love yourself first. Like that's something I really noticed. Like we gotta love ourselves first. Like you can't even get in a relationship if you don't love yourself. Oh yeah, most definitely. You know. So you know, I don't want to take up too much time. I got a lot of little jewel Santanas, but um. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, this is any last words. Love no. is free. Love is free. This is Everyday Celebrity Podcast, and we are out. You.